Hello, Sky friends, and welcome to Seasons of Skyrend, Book 3. We're a custom 5e D&D adventure that focuses on the stories of our characters as they explore their impact on the world and how the world responds in turn. I am your host and DM, Scott, and you can find me on Twitter at TheScottBlake. Hi, I'm Chris. I play Iolana Makani, the Air Genasi Mystic, and you can find me at Killer on Twitter. Hi, my name is Nate. I play Darwin Grimm, the Human Monk, and you can find me at Skyren underscore Nate on Twitter. Hi, I'm Shannon. I play Aranis Gray, also known as Gray the Great to my fans, and the Bard of the Bard's Rebellion. I am a half-elf bard, and you can find me at Skyren underscore Shannon on Twitter. And you can find the show on Twitter at Skyren Podcast. You can also support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Podcast. Head on over to find out about bonus chapters, early access, NPC creation, and more. Now then, thank you for joining us, and please enjoy this chapter in Seasons of Skyren. Successfully marching through the storm. It is definitely wet. The horses are not particularly fond of it. Shadow Mare is probably the most ambivalent about it. But the rest are all pushing on until eventually you pass through it. Coming through the rain and the wind, you're greeted with a nice, warm, just fulfilling beam of sunshine. The sun is still very low, but oh. Man, does it feel good to have sun on your face again. Do you want to continue on on the ground, or do you want to go back into the sky? If we're clear of the uh, storm, then I say we go back to the sky. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Continuing on, flying through the sky, the days get longer. Still fairly short compared to Karami, Capris, other places you've been. But you do get hours of sunshine now. The sun feels nice. The horses enjoy spreading out their wings and just soaking up that warmth. And it's about a week later that you begin to approach Caravel. Couple questions first. One, how do you want to go into the city? By sky or on the ground? Probably land first, right? Yeah, that's the smart choice. I mean, we're going to draw attention no matter what, but less attention's better. Okay. Agreed. Second, since this is not all that far from the capital, and I know at least some of you have been to the capital before, who here has been to Caravelle? Um, vale has for sure at some point passed through Caravelle, probably had an early assignment there as a test, right? It's a great testing ground for the assassins because it's not actually the capital. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like out of town premiere, if you will. It's a lot easier to hide bodies out there than it is in the capital. Exactly. And then I would say Yulana has not. Yulana's uh, first time kind of opportunity getting out of the or off of the island was coming out to look for Vale. So this is not, this is their first time. All right. Darwin or Arnis, have either of you been here? I probably passed through it once or twice on the way to the capital with my father, but I don't remember it super well. Okay. Uh, nope. No. Have you been to the capital before? No. Okay. 
That makes even more sense then. No. So like in my travels, like if you think of my home base as being like somewhere in the like Karami area, right? I would have basically been traveling like I didn't have a horse. Like I would have been kind of traveling around on foot. So like like coming mm-hmm. down here by myself was never something I was going to do. Okay. Just want to know who had been here before so who could maybe spot some differences or who may know of places in here like hey it's my favorite candy shop over there or that's where i killed my first person over there almost hoping that's Vale, but (laughs) who knows it could be darfin anyway approaching caravel from the ground there are three things about the city that draw your attention especially for those of you who've been here before first the walls stand a good 50 feet tall now with heavily reinforced parapets and bastions. Second, there are ballistae along the walls that point in nearly all directions, some of which seem to be armed with harpoons. And third, the ocean branch cuts through the city, roughly from the northwest to the southeast, nearly reaching the ground in some sections. And as you approach the gate, you find a heavily reinforced gate and a pair of guards out front. The gate's not entirely shut. It is cracked open. They're merely here to monitor, inspect, guard, protect, what have you. Just to keep an eye on who's coming and who's going. So, who's going in first? Well, if Darwin doesn't step up to lead us in because of his experience, Vale's going to adjust kind of as they were riding up, would have been adjusting their hood and cowl to make sure that their face was covered as much as possible because not comfortable being a changeling in a elven city and will lead the group up to the gate kind of like hopping off of the horse too like trying to be less intimidating one of them steps forward as you get close to the gate hello welcome to caravel can i ask you folks what your uh what your purpose is in the city today uh just passing through looking to resupply and rest before we head back out on the road ah shopping Good, well then, you'll definitely be welcome here. We could certainly use it. Hope you got coin. That we do, sir. This is like Vale trying to be their most, like, yokely, like, yes, sir, we do. God. All right, well, if you, uh, well, if you like, you're probably going to want to post up your horses in the stables. Uh, there's room for them in the streets, but people don't generally let them in the stores. But by all means, you folks have a good day. Thank you very much. They'll let you in. We head on in. All right. Do you want to keep your horses with you or do you want to staple them? I think the logical choice is to staple them. Agree. Okay. Caravel's a big city. It's certainly not the size of Vermilion, but it's definitely bigger than, say, Karami. As you come in, there are a couple stables just on either side of the street. Signs out front, you know, urging travelers to come in, stable your horse. One of them boasts free food with stabling, the other free bathing with stabling. It's really up to you which one you want to go to. Free food. Make sure they're well fed. Yeah, they just got mm-hmm. random. <laughs> Still probably extra dusty, but free food it is. So as you approach the stables on the left, the one that boasts free food with stabling, you see this older female walk out, a human woman. She's probably in her. 60s or so lines on her face big gray hair tied back in a bun average looking clothes like nothing fancy definitely been wearing them at the stables for a long time 
She approaches, welcome strangers. My name is Gerdina. I see you have horses. You've come to the right place. Much, much, much better than Anita's across the street. You don't want to go there. That's terrible food. Bring your horses in here. <laughs> Come on in. We'll get them fed. How long are you folks staying? How many nights do you need your horses here? I think just one. Oh, just one. That's quite all right. That's quite all right. We have room even for just one night. Now, do your horses need any extra care? She eyes the wings on all of your horses. Um, I don't. I don't think so. Okay, good, good, good. Well, we can certainly walk him over here to the stables. I'll make sure the boy gets him fed. Now let's talk money. Let's talk money, of course. You've come to the best stables in the city. So if you want to keep him here just for the one night, that's going to be uh, 15 gold apiece. Okay. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. Mm. She will happily take your money off your hands. I feel like that was a little high, but... I'm not going to argue. We got the gold. I feel like it is too, but I just, I, I, I we've reached the point with money where I, <laughs> I don't feel the need to haggle because <laughs> me haggling at this point just makes me seem like a grouchy, like money hoarder. And I don't want to be, dare I say it, a Scrooge. <laughs> you can say it. You can dare. Take that plus 65 and make it plus 20. <laughs> And we're good to go. Huh? The 65 gold that we got from Pouchet. Yeah? You want to so explain I'm... that math to me? How four horses is only 45? Oh, it's four horses. Why did I think it was... Why did I take, think it was Because there's three people. For some reason, because there's three people. But three players, four. but four characters. There's four, four, four people. I'm sorry. So, okay, we'll make it 60. Plus. Yeah. Good. We're good. All right. That's fine. Giardina lets out a whistle. This... Really young kid with sandy, moppy hair runs out. And she's like, get the food. Take care of these horses. He rushes off. She goes, ah, bah, bah, bah. The good food. The good food. <laughs> kid turns, rushes back in. Don't worry. He'll take good care. He'll, he'll make sure they're fed. Make sure they're happy. You folks come on back tomorrow if you need your horses back. But if you want to stay longer, I'm sure we can make an arrangement. Sound good? Okay. Sounds good. All righty. You folks enjoy your stay. Be sure to do some shopping. Lots of good food, lots of good clothes. I'm sure you can all afford it. Take care now. Okay. Okay. And entering further into the carol, going deeper into the city, you quickly become aware of a contradiction, so to speak. The storefronts boast lavish goods of all sorts, while the merchants and the citizens dress in a more wearied or meager fashion. You can overhear customers attempting to bargain, but they're lucky to get like a fraction of a discount. Spread out on the streets, newsies dot the corners, trying to sell papers by shouting headlines like special announcement from the king, honey hollow hollowed, and new trade hike expected. A very well-dressed barker with a studded cane, high cheekbones, and strong hands stands at the end of the street, attempting to lure patrons the city's fighting pit, the staying court. Come on, come on. Sir, ma'am, friends, can I interest you in a seat? Would you care to place a wager? What is the beast of Medullary Hill? <sighs> He's one of our top fighters, I assure you. You're in for a wonderful show. Yeah, that wasn't, I, that wasn't my question. 
at all. What is the beast of medullary hill? How do you mean, friends? Well, I mean, he's one of your top fighters. Okay. Yes. He, is he human? Is he an orc? Is he, like, what? what is he? Ah, ah, ah. Well, he's been with us for a few weeks now, and he's quickly making a name for himself. But if you want to know more, I'm afraid you're going to have to uh, buy yourself a ticket just like anybody else. She puts her hand out in that very familiar gesture of money first. Okay, let me just turn to the group and be like, okay, what is our actual plan in this city? Because I'm intensely interested in what this is. Like, what do we need to do here? Vale's only intention is to see if there's still a guild hall to check in at. Okay. Because I believe there would be like a, this is the last stop into the Capitol Hall. Okay. And then we're good to move on. But also like the idea of a fighting pit totally interests Vale because Vale wants to compete. Vale's got a little bit of the idea of like, we could run a scam here if we really wanted to, and I could best whoever's in there. Just, yeah. I'm like weirdly interested in this because like that doesn't, I'm, I'm very confused. So as, as Arn is, is asking all these questions, Vale will step forward and say, so what are the rules of the fighting pit? <laughs> Arn rules wail on each other. <laughs> Sorry. Last person standing wins, of course. Oh, yes, but I mean, you don't just let anybody, anybody fight in a fighting pit. You wouldn't let a wizard fight in there. Sure he would, but just not against any old opponent. You have to understand, you know, we have to make things interesting for uh, those who want to place bets. Obviously, we can't just put a horse up against a wizard. That wouldn't be fair. No, no, no. Fighters have sponsors. Sponsors arrange matches. That's how we make sure things are fair. And how would an unsponsored fighter go about getting into the ring? Oh, for the right price. Anything can happen. You could get a temporary sponsor if you're just here for a short while. But if you want to stay, if you want an official sponsor, well, you would have to talk to them. God's just here to take all our gold. Just take (laughs) all of it. All that gold you have, it's all coming back to me. (laughs) I'm not here to take all of it. I'm just trying to set a tone for the city. Mm Mm-hmm. You should see how it operates first. Get a ticket. Yeah. Yeah. How much are tickets? Who's all going? Would you all like a ticket? Would you all like to go? Sure. Why not? And Iolana looks kind of at the whole group and gives the classic Iolana like, we're getting distracted again look. But then <laughs> kind of just drops her shoulders and goes, okay, let's do it. <laughs> oh, well, for the four of you, I could give you a group discount, of course. You know, we got to fill those stands. We got to get people watching, eating, drinking, betting. I can get all four of you in. Decent seats, about midway up for 50 gold. Ew. 50 gold? Total, right? Well, yeah, obviously. total, total. Not a piece. For one match? For the whole event. What does that mean? Smaller matches, themed matches before the main event. Imagine you're buying a ticket to, you know, Monday, Monday Night, Night Raw. Raw. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> like, nobody cares about the undercard so much. Like, you're there for, like, one or two fights, maybe. Right. But what you're paying for is the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, okay, you so can't pay I'm gonna, for a single I'm gonna fight. I'm going to kind of look back to the group and be like, do I pay it? Do I haggle? What should I do? Your call. You've got the gold. We don't want to anger them at this point. All right. 
Cool. Take my money, Scott. You've made a wise decision. You'll surely be entertained. Have any of you been to the stained court before? No. Uh, for Darwin and Vale's reference, that was not here before. Then definitely no. Okay. Well, if you head down this street right here, she motions behind her, till you see that big old river in the sky. It's down a few blocks, but you see it there. Just turn right underneath it, follow that all the way down the road, just past the Chapel of Alethea, you'll come to the Stained Court. It's right next to the Contract House, just the equivalent of the Royal House here. Grand stands, lots of food, lots of merch, lots of wonderful things. You'll have a grand old time. If you want to place any bets on a fight, by all means, you just let somebody know. She'll hand each of you a ticket. You all enjoy the fight. If you want to see another match or you fancy finding yourself a sponsor, just let somebody know. I'm obviously not the only one, but you'll see the sponsors. The sponsors sit front row, keep a close eye on their fighters. Anything else I can do you fine folks for? I think we're good, right? I do think we're good. Okay. So we've got the, uh, we've got the stained court, which is the fighting pit here in Caravelle. The fight's not right now, but it is today. So if you want to do something else ahead of time, that's fine. If you just want to head there, we can zoom ahead to that. I think I'd like to look up the local guild before we move on, arrange a place for us to stay. I think between the clout of who I am at this point and Iolana's presence, we would have no problem with our guests, seeing as they've also been made honorary members of the guild at this point. Yeah, technically considered like official like friends of the guild. Yes. It's really awkward. So are all four of you going off and doing this, or is just Vale and Iolana splitting off to take care of this? Yeah, I think actually it's probably best. Like if Vale and Iolana are like, we're going to find a cafe, you two stay here, we're going to go find a place for us to stay. We just go down to the thing. We'll just give you your tickets, <laughs> and you can just meet us there. Okay, that works. Yeah. Me and Darwin are fine. Do you remember that time we like <laughs> totally intimidated those kids into not beating us up? Yeah. In that alleyway? Yeah. <laughs> okay. okay. Oh, wait. That was like <laughs> five years ago. That was a long time ago. <laughs> it was. It was still amazing, though. But I bet we could do it again. I mean, if I you want to start could. a revolution in this city, too. Yeah, you yeah. will. Uh, <laughs> you don't want to. Which, uh, <laughs> I'm not saying is impossible, but I don't know where your priorities all are. It eh, seems like there's some tension, like some class divide waiting to be exploited. exploited. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so Vale and Iolana, yes, there's still certainly a guild house here. It's much deeper into the city. It's closer towards the center. Simple enough for the two of you to find together. I don't think the guild's going to have any problem with Darwin and Arnis staying there as well, as long as you can vouch for them. Yeah, definitely. Okay. In which case you're told... You know, if you need to be here for a few nights. So let's, let's put a name on this person. Hennigan. He's an older gentleman. Definitely seen his years. He's in his 70s or 80s. He's still very spry for his age. Um, he's in charge of this guild house here in Caravelle. He probably looks as if he could continue leading this guild house for another decade or so. He's in no mood to be leaving the business. Yeah. As long as you can vouch for your friends. And- 
swear that they won't reveal us. They're welcome to stay. We'll get room. You'll get bored. If there's any work that you need while you're here in the meantime, or if you have anything to report, be happy to help you out with that as well. At this, Iolana speaks up and says, uh, Master Hennigan, do you have a way to get word to the Inquisitors? Of course. Uh, I would appreciate if you would inform them and guild leadership that Huracan has been taken. Very well. How recently? And at this... This is where uh, Chris the player and Iolana the character are both a little at a loss for time because I don't think we've actually put a date and time on exactly how long it's been since... No, we haven't. Especially since, <sighs> since you don't know what the, the moment... You don't know like when that specific moment in time mm-hmm. was. Um, probably a few years now. Okay. So, Iolana would say, um, based on my understanding, it was... About a few years ago, I've been running my own investigation to try to locate him, and I believe he's trapped in a flute, and we're headed to the capital to try and get him. Mm. If there could be any aid set up or waiting for us at the Capitol Guild Hall, that would be quite helpful. And you're certain he's still alive? I've had correspondence with him over the last few weeks that leads me to indicate <laughs> that he is still alive. He raises an eyebrow at the correspondence part, but he's just taking this all as like business. He's Mm -hmm. not trying to judge. He's not like asking incredulously if Huracan might still be alive. He just wants to know the facts. I'll certainly pass word along. And uh, as Iolana kind of finishes her bit, Vale steps forward. Um, Hennigan, it's been quite some time since I've made my way into the capital. Does the route for our kind remain the same or has it changed? Depends on how long it's been since you've been there. And now I have to do math again. It's been, what, five years since we started this campaign? Yeah, about. So I'd say and it's probably only been a few months. It was probably only a few months since I left before that. So I'd say uh, it's been about five years since I've been into the capital. The names may have changed, but the places are the same. Thank you, Master. Master Hennigan, we will be... uh, Actually, before I go, you don't have any contracts connected to the uh, to the fighting pit currently, do you? Maybe any specifically of fighters? Targeting a fighter? Yes. N- no. Why would you want to? Well, I'm interested in, in competing, and I figure two birds, you know? Yes, well, sporting association, the Guild of Athletes, they prefer these fights to be non-lethal. It's a good source of revenue. It's hard to keep generating revenue off of dead fighters. To uh, no, I think that's I think that that is all. Thank you, Master Anne. Again, okay. we'll be going to meet our companions now. Okay. Meanwhile, while all that's happening, Darwin and Aridus off on your own again. As you head towards the stained court, you do encounter other Barkers who are also trying to sell tickets for the show tonight. For the matches tonight, there are more newsies still trying to sell their papers. And the whole air of the city seems to get livelier as you approach the stained court. You can see the walls surrounding the contract house just off to your right on the southern end of the city. Those walls are not quite as reinforced as the outer city walls, but they're still pretty good. 
adjoining to both the walls of the contract house and the walls around the stained court. There are a couple of guild houses there. There's, of course, the Sporting Association, which takes care of all of the athletes here and uh, liaises with their sponsors. There's also the Silver Purse, which is the Merchant's Guild. That building is immaculate, but it's not like fancily. It's not like gilded in gold or anything, but it is extremely clean. All the decorations that are there are very well thought out, precise. Lots of wonderful little filigree in the stonework. Definitely a fancier place. And there's a line of people outside waiting to go in. Some of them with goods, some of them with money, some of them empty-handed, looking worried. Across the street from the stained court, there is the Chapel of Alethea, which... Who here is trained in religion? Darwin or Aranus? Yes. Or I mean, I have proficiency in it. Sorry, that's why I meant proficiency. Who here is proficient? I am not. Darwin, you've been in the city before. You know that there are lots of churches and temples around. Obviously, to all when you're here in this elven city. There are Doris chapels, there are churches to Trango, God of the Giants, Liana, the God of the Halflings, whom you've met personally. This, the Chapel of Alethea, is not to any of them. This was certainly not in place when you were here before. This is a chapel to Tiff, the God of the Shapechangers. Ah. It is relatively small. There are some broken walls attached to it. Simple wooden signage. There's a nice little gray swirl image up there. No one's really going in or out. But across from that is the stained court. It's this huge, massive fighting pit, almost like an arena. It certainly wasn't here before. It's been built up, but it's been built up fairly well. The entrances are closely guarded because they want to make sure whoever's going in has paid money. There are tables to place bets outside of the stained court, but there are, there are more inside if you want. So people can place bets without going in and buying tickets, or you can go in and do both. There's lots of food carts around here. There's wonderful smells of roasting meats. Some like hot cider, some malt wine. There are boards set out, posted up on walls, announcing the fights. The big one, of course, for tonight is the Beast of Medullary Hill versus Mara King. And there's this chalk drawing of a very scary-looking dude, like big fangs, just covered in hair. And they're just trying to call people in. You know, they're getting people excited for the fight. Doesn't sound like there's anything going on right now. Anybody who's inside is either just milling about or starting to drink, uh, like you do before a sporting event. What do you guys want to do? What do we want to do? You want to wait here or do you want to go in? I guess wait here, right? Yeah, probably. Mm -hmm. You want to pick up any food? You want to pick up any drinks? You want to play some bets? We should probably eat something. I want to ask about the betting, but I don't actually want to bet. Like I want to ask, I want to ask like what what the odds are on the main fight. Mm-hmm. But I don't actually want to place a bet. Okay. Arnus is not. Nah, I stop. All right. Well, I'm no bookie, so I don't know if I'm going to be getting this right <laughs> in any way. It's fine. Depends on who you want to bet on. Mara King pays even money. The Beast two to one. So he's the he's the underdog. Mm-hmm. Mara King's like the the city champion. The way it was advertised, I was I was I expecting was, he was the champion. Yeah, that's nope. that's what I was expecting too. Yeah, me too. He's he's an up and comer, certainly, but he's not a champion yet. Whoever hmm. whoever wins this fight gets to fight the actual champion, like the belt holder, so to speak. Oh, Mara King is just like the the city favorite. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. 
can I ask the person doing the betting, like, what do you what do you know about the the beast of medullary hill? <sighs> it's this really frumpy looking dude, bald. He's a bigger guy, you know, overweight a little bit. Hands just constantly dirty from handling money all the time. Oh, he's a hell of a fighter. Hope he wins. I'd place money on him if I could, but that'd raise too many suspicions. That's so maddeningly vague. Oh, <laughs> uh, have you not seen uh, him fight before? No. Uh, that's a shame. You should get in there. Can I sell you a ticket? Can I take your bets? Oh, we already have tickets. Just thank oh, you. Oh, where do they got you? Where do they got you seated? I don't know. He said they were good seats. I feel like we overpaid. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you want a VIP pass or anything, I'm sure somebody could hook you up. I only handle the bets here. I really wouldn't want to be seen playing favorites, but it's if you want to get up close, you want to feel the sweat and the blood. I really don't. <laughs> You're missing out then. I'm hell sure of a I am. It's it's fine. Cool. Uh, which way to the food? Uh, he just points down in either direction. There's like street stalls set up everywhere. Thank you. Some of them are actually stalls. Some of them are restaurants that just have like an open face to the building. And you can just like walk up, order food. Let's go find food and right. many beverages. Agree. <laughs> what are you eating? What are you drinking? This you is tell what me. Arnis and Darwin do. You tell me. What are you eating? Darvin's what are like, you drinking? Let's go with Arnis. Arnis is like, let's go drink. <laughs> You're outside of okay. a giant sporting event. You can get as fancy or as lowbrow as you want. You want nachos? Well, <laughs> I mean, food-wise, I don't really care. Something I can shove in my face. Because my money is actually <laughs> going to, like... I'm going to, like, probably to Darwin's great annoyance, I'm going to, <laughs> like, I'm going to, like, scout out what looks like the best beer. <laughs> like, the best sure. ale. Like, everything presumably is, right? Like, Everything's good. But I'm like, I'm looking for like what looks like the beer. All right. I think the beer, let's see, outside of a fighting pit, what is like the best beer? Strongest or best? Best. Okay. I changed my mind then. <laughs> Although this may be pretty strong too. The best beer is definitely like a, um, uh, what are they? Mate, help me out here. Uh, like the Abbey beers. The what? You get in like the big round chalice type glasses. Oh, the the Belgians? Like the triples and shit? Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're being more specific yeah. than that. No, I think that's fine. Like something monks would be making. Yeah. Darwin beer. It. Darwin beer. <laughs> we should have made Darwin a beer making monk. Why didn't I think yeah, of that? Yeah, I don't. I don't think I'd want beer made by monks of Coram. I don't know. You never know. <laughs> The best beer is definitely this double or triple, your choice, Belgian-style beer made by monks here in the city of Caravel. You certainly got to pay for it if you want to drink it. Oh, yeah. But I'm in. if you ask, like, hey, what's the tastiest beer here? Money's no object. People are pointing you right over here to this monk beer. Yep. I'm in. Okay. How many do you want? Two. Do you just want a mug or would you like a pony keg? Oh, no. I think just... A mug will be fine. Okay. It'll charge you three gold for the beer. Total for the both of us? Yeah. I didn't know Darwin was drinking, but yeah. Yeah, I want to try the monk. Oh, he, he doesn't triple. have a choice. If if Arnis <laughs> is getting beer, he's getting one for each of us. <laughs> he's not protesting. I'm okay with this. 
See, now I feel like the food that you get has to be something like on a stick, like a kebab, so you can double fist here Ooh, and that's not have to stop idea. and sit down. Kebab sounds fantastic. Let's Doesn't do it? that. Okay. Kebabs and monk beer. And then we find some place to post that we can just like see mm-hmm. Vale and Yolana coming. Yeah, certainly. Basically, we look classy as shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> By which I mean we don't look classy at all. Yeah. With our food on a stick. Sticky food is classy. Yeah, <laughs> it's fine. It fits the environment perfectly well. You're short ways from the entrance to the stained court. There are people coming, going, people trying to haggle about ticket prices. People are definitely paying more than what you spent, and some people are paying less than what you spent. But it's like, you definitely weren't the rubes. You weren't just being totally fleeced. Well, that's good. Lots of bets are being placed. People are starting to get hammered super early outside. Some of them have no intention of going in. Like They just want to stand by the gate and listen. We won't really be able to see much of anything from out here. But, you know, tailgating is a thing, even here. So do you just want to be one beer in or two or three beers in by the time Vale and Ilana get back? Oh, it depends. How long does it take them? <laughs> I mean, it'll be half an hour, 45 minutes. You oh, pound through some. I definitely have a second beer in my hand. Okay. Because I'll get Darwin a second one, too. That's another three gold then. Yep. You can mark off two for the kebabs. All right. So Vale and Iolata, after, you know, doing work and going to find a place to stay for the night and dealing with the guild house, you approach the stained court and there's Darvin and Arnis just eating and drinking and having a good old time. You certainly also both see the guild houses. You will see the chapel. And there's, yeah, lots of food and drink stands out here. Hmm. Vale is really currently intrigued by the chapel at tiff right now mm-hmm. it's the first time that they've seen one really probably since the last time they were here and a lot has happened in Vale's life since then so they have a uh, a strong desire to want to go into the chapel and you know, speak to one of their kind and possibly connect to their the truest version of their god um but not comfortable at all doing that with the alana around uh, so what really Ilana sees is Vale like misses a step as they walk by and then kind of shakes their head and they keep on moving. <laughs> if Vale wants to sneak off and do that on their own at some point, I and support it's totally, you. totally a thing Vale's going to want to do. Okay. Uh, but no, the, the, the two of them, I think, head over, almost make a beeline for Arnis and, and Darwin. And then when they see that they're both eating and drinking already. Kind of do the, like, well, where can we get some food? Um, neither one of them have a desire to drink, but they definitely could go for some food. Oh, yeah. Food all around. It's up to you what you want to eat. They're not going to look hard. They're going to go for whatever's nearby that looks tasty. Arnis is going to very fervently point at his kebab and just be like, these are fucking amazing. <laughs> so we'll go get some kebabs. <laughs> all right. Come back with some kebabs. You going for more, like, Chicken, lamb, fish, veggie. What do you want? Oh, if there's a fish option, Iolana is going to be all about that because that's going to be just like hit her close to home a little there. Oh, yeah. It's like the whole fish skewered, like roasted over an open fire. Iolana is going to be all about that. It almost has the kind of like small kid smirk on their faces. They're walking around eating it like... And then Vale's gonna go uh is gonna go lighter and go with the chicken. Okay. You got your food, half of you are drinking, feeling really good. 
What do you guys want to do? Do you want to head in? Do you want to yes. go see the undercards? Do you want to explore the city yeah. more? It's up to you. Let's go. Let's go in. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, there was one thing I forgot to ask, but I'll remember. I'll ask it later. It's not pressing for now. It's just, yeah, it's stupid. But. Okay. You head inside the stained court. They check your tickets. They direct you where to go. No problem. Like, they aren't going to escort you to your seats or anything. It was like, oh, yeah, your seats are like halfway up. Three quarters of the way down this one side, opposite of the walls into the contract house. On that side, there are definitely like royal seatings, like VIP patron seatings, the sponsor seatings. Where you're at is definitely more middle, upper class type seating. It's good. You have individual seats. It's not just a bench. High above you, it turns into like the rickety old wooden stuff. People who paid much less get to sit there. As you make your way through, there's no fighters out yet, but you see this big, open, grassy, sandy, rocky arena. There are these heavy metal rings set into the ground, like you would attach a chain to. There are trap doors in the ground. There are entrances along the outside for fighters, hosts, whoever. And also, entertainment. Because as you first come in, none of the fights have started yet. But they have a couple of musicians out there playing... Nothing fancy, nothing bard level, certainly. But, you know, they've got some drums, they've got a horn, and they're playing a little song, getting people, like, starting to get them amped up, starting to get them ready for this show. Music makes people rowdy, so does the alcohol and the food and the violence, but music certainly helps, too. And, you know, take your seats. There are food vendors walking the aisles trying to sell more drinks, more food. Probably can't get the good belts and stuff in here from them. You'd have to go down to like the actual vendor itself themselves. There are people reminding you to place your bets on any of the fights that you want. They're holding up like fight cards. Anybody interested in gambling here? Nope. Okay. Yolanda and Vale aren't gamblers. Me neither. The younger version of Vale would have been picking pockets like crazy in the crowd. But Vale's aged out. Okay, okay, okay. Let's get on to the fights. Unless, I mean, I suppose I should ask this question first. Anybody drinking to excess for these pit oh, fights? Oh, no. I had the two, and that's that's it. I'm not having okay. any more. Yeah. All right. I didn't know if somebody was getting rowdy today. Like, ah, oh, we get a break. We get a like show. To... Nah, I feel like I still need to keep I'm my wits about me. I'm not taking you into the guild house drunk. <laughs> I mean, you vouch for them, so... If drunk artist does anything stupid it's more on your head than theirs <laughs> so hey if anybody wants to get Vale or Iolana in trouble <laughs> I really don't um Vale's kind of scary now so I kid I kid I kid yeah I'm, I'm good <laughs> okay well then when the time comes the stands have mostly filled out there are definitely some open seats here or there but this seems to be a big event Lots of people here. The sponsors start showing up. No one sits in the like the royal seat. There's not an elven representative at this fight. Whoever's in charge up at the contract house isn't coming down. But there are certainly a lot of fabulously dressed people. And the fights begin to get underway. It starts with a few undercards. Oh, oh, I'm dumb. I am the dumb. I'm the dumb. I forgot something that's very important that is here at the stained court. You remember how I mentioned the ocean branch passes over the city and down low. That includes here in the stained court, where the branch almost touches down across half of the field before rising back up again. However much that is or is not incorporated into any of the fights, 
who's to say, but some people certainly seem excited at the prospect. It's been used in the past. Maybe it will again. You know, it's like, when do they bust out the cage match? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It starts out with a couple of undercard tickets. So the first undercard fight is between a plant creature and someone of the lizard folk, which very rare here. So clearly a fighter from out of town. It's very much a lightweight fight. There's a lot of grappling. There's a lot of throws. There's not a whole lot of like punches and kicks and stuff. It's like technical fighters. It's quite entertaining. People are placing bets. The lizard folk is definitely the favorite here. His name is Ukezi. People are chanting for him like they want him to win. They love seeing good lizard folk fight. But the plant creature, Lily Bell, they are just all over Ukezi. Wrapping ankles up in the vines, spinning them around, and it becomes quickly evident that Lily Bell is going to walk away with this one. Because he tries to bite sometimes, but next thing you know, there's just a tendril around his mouth and just can't do anything. Eventually, Lily Bell wins through submission. There's lots of like hands thrown up in victory, lots of people throwing betting slips down on the ground in anger, like, ah, I want a payday. Lily Bell and Ukezi are escorted out. Next up is more of a, the middleweight fight. This is a pair of humans. They are both armed. This is not just hand-to-hand combat. Weapons can be allowed. These fighters are Abel and Bricker. Abel comes out with a bow and just like dozens and dozens of arrows, quiver on the back, quiver on the hip, couple of short knives. However blunted they are or are not is hard to tell from this distance, but it makes for a good show. Whereas Bricker is wielding a couple of short axes and He's really charging in there, trying to get in between the arrows, trying to make this a more physical face-to-face fight while Abel is dodging around, taking pot shots. You can tell right away after a few of those arrows hit that those are definitely blunted tips because they're not just sinking into the flesh, but they are leaving big bruises. People are cheering on. It's a very great fight. Eventually, Bricker smashes Abel's bow in half and starts wailing on him with the blunt end of the axe, like the base of the handle. Knocks him out cold. Everybody cheers, like, ah, oh, good fight, good fight, good fight. There's a couple little undercars, there's a little bit more entertainment. Uh, the drummer and the horn player come out again. There's another round of refreshments, you know, like the like refreshment break. There's a good 15, 20 minutes here where people need to get food, drinks, whatever, before the main fight happens. So people are milling about, people are talking. Anything you want to do before the main fight? Nope. I'm good. So. <laughs> I don't know if anybody wanted a drink or a chance to bet. Uh, everybody's all excited. The sun's going down. It's getting closer to twilight. And the announcer comes out, starts really getting the crowd going on their feet. You know, this is the fight that people paid for. This is why people are here. People are drunk, cheering, falling over themselves. Air is full of energy. And they announce the fighters. First, the city's favorite, their hero, Mara King. And this female Goliath comes out. She's huge covered in tattoos. She's got like a club, a net, spears in the ground. She comes out with this big chain wrapped around her waist, heads up to one of those big metal rings in the ground, wraps it around there and locks it in place. This is also a themed fight. Like they're going for high energy here. They don't want people getting away. They, they want to make sure this is an intense fight. Announcer calls out and the challenger, the terror from the south, the beast of Medullary Hill, and out comes another fighter, escorted by smaller-looking human. And they're covered. They're covered in a robe. It's like people can't see it. The reveal is like it's like the money shot. You know, people love seeing just 
a monster burst forth. Just having them walk out this long path. That's so anticlimactic. And get this chain wrapped around, have it attached to the same ring as Mara King's. And they yank off the cloak. They yank off the robe. And there is Sam. Uh, yep. Yep. The people taking bets in the stands call out, last chance, last chance, place your bets. Who's going to win? The beast or the king? Anybody want to do anything before this fight gets underway? I mean, like, yeah, but I'm new here. <laughs> and I don't think it would be looked upon too kindly if I tried to just, you know, like, stop the fight. Why so, are you stop it? It's not to the death. Yeah, yeah he's, he's I know. Participating which is why willingly. Well, I mean, is he though? <laughs> well, as far as we know. Yeah, we don't know that. <laughs> I guess that's true. But I, it's, it's not to the death. So... I will, we'll go. Or it's not supposed to be, I guess. Not supposed to be, yes. Like I said, you know, dead fighters don't bring in a crowd. Right. Um, people are betting, like, the betting is split. People want Mara King to win because she's, like, the city's favorite. She's been here for a long time. She always puts on a great show. She's also just, like, this big, huge, tattooed fighter. Everybody loves that. But lots of people are cheering for the Beast as well. You know, he's... He's an up-and-comer. He is an underdog here, but he keeps winning. And they just, they're betting that that streak won't end. And the fight is brutal. They are not able to get much distance between the two of them, thanks to those chains. Mara King is a fierce fighter, very good with her weapons. Sam is quick. He is strong. But Mara King is the showman, showwoman. You know, Mara King is the entertainer. She's the one who's actually like putting on the show, whereas Sam is just fighting. This isn't like a joy for him. He's just doing it. There are several back and forths. Like there are people cheering out for Mara. There are people cheering out for the beast. But at the end of the fight, it's it's Sam with Mara in this chokehold and his jaw like around the back of her head until she eventually gives up. The crowd just goes wild. Like they loved, like this was a great fight. People got to see the underdog win. It was a clean fight, too, more importantly. So both of these fighters will be back at some point for more matches. The announcer grabs Sam's hand, like lifts it up. The winner again, the beast of Medullary Hill. Come back next week to watch him take on the masked giant for the championship. Crowd's in an uproar. They're loving it. It's a great time. Musicians come back out, they start playing, uh, you know, people start getting their stuff together, you know, start getting ready to leave out. And it's a fun several hours for them. Sam looks up at the crowd and just kind of like, <sighs> breathes this very deep, heavy sigh and like lowers his head and he gets escorted back out into, you know, wherever the fighters go after a fight. Mara King walks out on her own accord. She wasn't knocked out or anything. But it doesn't look like there's hard feelings between the two of them. It's not like she's stalking him or anything. And the two of them make their way back out. What do you guys want to do? I, I want to try to go see Sam. Yeah. This very moment. That's, uh, well, I mean, that's what Arnis wants to do. Somebody can convince me otherwise. No, no, no convincing. Darwin's with you. I am persuadable, but that's... Yeah, wanna will follow. Quietly. You make your way down through the stands, looking for an entrance into the fighter's area, looking for a chance to 
see Sam again. You're definitely going against the uh, you're definitely going against the current of the rest of the fans. Most of them are not heading that way. Most of them are heading out. They're leaving. You know, they're staying and they're getting more drunk, or they're passed out and people are going to shoo them away. But you make your way through, and there's this big sign over the door, guards in front of it, like private guards, not city guards, like personal security type guards. Signs over the top that say fighters only, VIPs only. And they are just standing there stoically. It is not their job to interact with people. It's their job to check passes, turn away people who don't belong. As you get closer to the door, those guards move in next to each other, like shoulder to shoulder to block you from getting in. And just beyond them, you can see this big open hall area. There's a few VIPs who have already gone in there. Very finely dressed folk. They've got like drinks in hand. And you see some of the fighters and you catch Sam just as he's entering into the fighters area. Coming in through like a different entrance, obviously he doesn't come in. The fighters don't come in through the same way as the public does. They escort Sam and Mara King into a cell, close the door behind him, and you see some of the VIPs going up and chatting them up. Clearly, it's part of the fighter's job to entertain guests afterwards. And across the room and through the crowds, you all catch Sam's eye. His eyes grow, and there's just a brightness. And Sam grabs onto the bars of the cell. Leans forward against them, and you can see the desire for him to want to call out to you, but he catches himself. He bites his tongue and goes back to entertaining whoever these VIPs are. And with that, we'll bring this chapter to a close, but the story will always continue. Thanks again to all of our Patreon patrons for your support. If you'd like to become a patron, go to patreon.com slash skyrenpodcast and pick out a level that's right for you. Before we go, I'd like to give special thanks to everyone at the $5 and up tiers. At the $5 city council level, thank you, Shannon DeMello. At the $10 mayor level, thank you, Christopher DeMello. At the $15 governor level, thank you, Phoenix Bryan and Sierra Jones. Thank you for listening to this chapter in Seasons of Skyrend. If you like what you heard, please leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find us. If you want to chat, we're on Twitter at Skyrend Podcast. You can join our Discord server, or you can email us at skyrendpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us online at skyrendpodcast.com. As always, we want to thank Vanessa Blocklin for our podcast art. You can find more of her work on Twitter at Art by Vanessa B. And thanks to Daryl Dibber Reckonos for creating our theme music. You can find more of his music at DibberMusic.com and on Twitter at DibberMusic. Dibber spelled D-I-B-U-R. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next time on Seasons of Skyrend.